And you're listening to College Writing Actually, where we talk about the how-to and how-come of college writing and writing instruction every other Wednesday while school's in session. Today, I am joined by Sarah Mizgin, Assistant Director of Interdisciplinary Teaching Communities at the Sheridan Center for Teaching and Learning. Thanks for stopping by, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So a little bit about Sarah. She holds a PhD in religious studies from Yale University, where she also worked in their Porview. Am I pronouncing that right, Sarah? Porview, yeah. Porview Center for Teaching and Learning as a graduate and postdoctoral teaching fellow. At the Sheridan, she oversees the Sheridan Teaching Seminar, Teaching Consultants, the Teaching Essentials for Graduate Students, and the Junior Faculty Teaching Fellow. So clearly, Sarah is well-positioned to talk to us today about writing teaching statements for the academic job market and tutors, things that you might look for if any come into your writing center. Sarah, what is a statement of teaching philosophy, otherwise known as a teaching statement? Even the name sounds daunting. Yeah, it really does. At its most basic, a teaching statement is a one to two page written document that describes the values that inform your teaching and that shows evidence of your teaching effectiveness. It's usually single spaced, written in the first person, so using I, and it has a collegial and reflective tone rather than an argumentative one. Hold on a second. Not making an argument, like not even about how good of a teacher you are. Well, the teaching statement often makes an implicit argument about how you're a good teacher and about how well you'll fit into the department and the school that you're applying to. But it doesn't take an explicitly argumentative tone or form. The teaching statement is more, here's how I teach and some of the good outcomes that my teaching has led to, rather than I am an effective teacher because I use these techniques, which are backed by this research, which I will explain to you. And the argument is implicit because you're often doing that explicit arguing elsewhere in your application materials, like in your cover letter. And I always encourage people to remember that their teaching statement works alongside other materials, like a CV, a cover letter, teaching portfolio, DEI statement. Your teaching statement doesn't need to do everything, but it should work in concert with some of those other materials. Can you say a little more about the collegiality of a teaching statement? I'm thinking about listeners who are most practiced at making arguments. How now does one strike that more, that less argumentative, more collegial tone and with people who are in a position to give you a job so you don't want to be overly familiar, like how do you walk that line? Throw in a joke? What do you do? That's a really great question. If you use humor in your teaching and that's authentic to who you are, it's totally okay to have a joke, but don't feel like you have to. Part of what the teaching statement does is show your potential future colleagues about what it's like to have you around. It helps them to imagine what it would be like to talk with you about teaching. So for tone, you're really going for, I would be a good person to work with. So focus on sounding confident, but not so set in your ways. Mm -hmm. You can do this by avoiding jargon, by demonstrating an openness to learning and growth, and generally going for more of that conversation side rather than argument side. Okay. 
So write your teaching statement like you're talking to someone, not like you're trying Mm -hmm. to convince someone. Exactly. Okay. So there we have it. We've covered tone. Can you speak to content? You mentioned that the teaching statement is one document of several others in a market portfolio or a teaching portfolio. What are we talking about in this particular document that complements the rest of those materials? Absolutely. So a teaching statement is where you tell the hiring committee about three things. One, the values and commitments that inform your teaching. Two, how you put those values and commitments into practice when you teach. And then three, how your teaching practice effectively promotes student learning in your class. That's really it. The name statement of teaching philosophy often makes people think that they need to write very theoretically or abstractly Mm -hmm. about their teaching. And really, that's not what this document is meant to get at. The best teaching statements are specific to the writer and draw on their person's unique outlook, disciplinary background, and experiences to give concrete examples of their good and great teaching. Okay, so writers, a teaching statement telling the hiring committee about the pedagogy, the practice, and the promotional aspects of your teaching. So if you need to run back and get that list, absolutely just hit that little 30-second back button and get that list of simplifying what a teaching statement is asking for. So Sarah, you effectively made it sound like less of the boogeyman, but I still want to know how to write one, like step by step. I have seen so many different approaches on writing center sites that say, like, treat it like a story. Here's a checklist, fill in the blank. And it's very helpful. It's all helpful. But I am a little dizzy from so many different approaches. And I imagine if I was going to those for the explicit purpose of finding out how to do it, having so many different ways to do it would be really overwhelming for me. So can you take us step by step? How do you write a teaching statement? I think the easiest way to begin is to collect the principles and values that inform your teaching and collect the examples that you want to use as evidence of your good teaching. And I really find that you can start with either one. For some people, it's easier to think about their best moments as teachers. You know, those moments where they walk out of the classroom and think, yes, that was so great. Or, oh my gosh, I really wish someone was there to see that. And then to go from those examples and start to articulate the principles, the practices, the pedagogies, the values that made those moments great. Mm -hmm. And for other people, it can be easier to start with the principles that really underlie their teaching and then think about those moments when those things showed up really clearly in their classrooms. And so I suggest that people treat this initial gathering as your pre-writing phase. Mm -hmm. Depending on how you work, you could set a timer and kind of free write. You could talk out loud and record yourself. You could get a group of friends together and bounce ideas off of each other. Kind of whatever works for you. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is you can either start with the example and then distill that into the diamonds that you want to share, or you can start with, here are these diamond principles that I have. Here are some examples of when they have been active. Exactly. Um, Kind of whichever works better for you as a person. 
Got it. Okay. Um, Cornell University actually has a whole webpage dedicated to teaching statements, and they have some fill-in-the-blank prompts for a sort of pre-writing experience. You mentioned that you could use this sort of stage as pre-writing. Um, and although all the sites I looked at, they had really good information, Cornell's stuck out to me because they give you that fill-in-the-blank sort of prompt where all you have to do is answer this, the question with a simple phrase or word, and then you have a sort of set of purpose statements. So the questions are, um, the purpose of education is to blank. Why do you want to teach your subject? Students learn best by blank. When you are teaching your subject, what are your goals? The most effective methods for teaching are blank. I know this because blank. So again, that example that those two are really good for, here's what I know and here's how I know. And then the most important aspects of my teaching are blank. So if you're interested in seeing those questions, just Google Cornell University Teaching Philosophy Statement. It comes right up. I like these prompts because once you've answered these seven questions, you really do have a nice bank of values and experiences to create a pretty well-rounded teaching statement. Exactly. Those are some really great prompts. And then once you've kind of done that pre-writing, I suggest that people kind of pick the two to four most important values and examples and let those be the anchor points of your teaching statement. Um, you're not going to be able to say everything about teaching in kind of the one to two pages of a teaching statement. So mm -hmm. once you've kind of done that initial pre-write, go back and look and kind of pick out the things that are most important to you that you can then focus on and make the heart of your teaching statement. Definitely. I've had applications that ask for a one page or even 500 words for a teaching statement. So like Sarah said, the more succinct, the better. Okay, Sarah, we are primed and ready for this step-by-step -step specifics, please. Yeah, absolutely. So just like all of our academic writing, your teaching statement should begin with an introduction. This introduction doesn't need to be long or flowy. It's meant to give your audience a heads up about the things that they'll be reading in your statement. It will also be the first thing a hiring committee will really read about your teaching. And so I like to think about it as a little bit of an elevator pitch. It's kind of the short description of who you are as a teacher, and it gives the, your audience a sense of what you'll talk about more in your body paragraphs. And this is when those prompts from Cornell would be really helpful. The purpose of education is to, why do you teach your subject? When you're teaching your subject, what are your goals? Yeah, those are exactly the kind of things that you could put in your introduction. And then once you've got your introduction, you're going to write your body paragraphs. Kind of broadly speaking, each of your body paragraphs should articulate and describe a principle or value that you hold about teaching. Then it should connect that value or principle to a concrete, specific teaching strategy that you use to actualize and kind of live out that value when you're teaching. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to give an example of you using that strategy. And here's where those examples that you brainstormed in your pre-writing come in. And then finally, you're going to provide evidence that that strategy was effective. And we're back to the teaching statement as the boogeyman. <laughs> it's really not too bad. Mm. In your pre-writing, you've already done this work, especially with those prompts that you've read off to us. 
Um, so if you've done that step, you're set up pretty nicely for this. And where I see people sometimes get stuck is on this idea that they have to provide evidence that something they've done has worked. But it doesn't need to be kind of the cold, hard, empirical proof like you would have in a tightly controlled, peer-reviewed experiment. Mm -hmm. It can be something as simple as students being really engaged in an activity or seeing an assignment that students have understood a concept clearly. Your evidence could be something that showed up in student feedback, whether that's comments that student made in office hours or as they left your class, or maybe something on your course evaluations. What you're doing here is showing how your teaching choices connect with your students and how those choices that you make as a teacher enable student learning. Okay, I'm not ready to relinquish the boogeyman tag. I am, in fact, feeling through the atmosphere. A listener whispering, give me an example. Sarah? I can do that. Um, So in my own teaching statement, I talked about how one of my guiding values is giving students agency and control over the classroom. So then I talked about a strategy that I use to give students agency by having them create their own guidelines for what class sessions will look like on the first day of class. So I talked about that guiding value, a strategy I use, and then I gave an example. I taught a first year seminar where one student in making these guidelines asked that we intentionally structure silence and thinking time into all of our discussions. So I did that in my teaching, and then I talked about kind of the evidence behind that strategy working. And for me, that was when my class revisited and revised the guidelines every month. The students consistently stated that this was our most helpful class norm, and they started sharing about how it enabled more of them to participate. So that's the story I told in my paragraph. And then I just concluded that paragraph by restating my overarching principle by giving students choice over what the learning environment looked like and responding to their needs, I helped to make a space where everyone could belong. So kind of that's my example of a teaching statement paragraph. And you're gonna do that for all of the key principles and values that you identified in your pre-writing. And kind of like we said before, this is where selection is really important because you only have one to two pages. Each of your body paragraphs can be devoted to one principle or value, or if something's so core to you, that might stretch across two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. But this is really the bulk of the body of your teaching statement, kind of explaining what those principles are, naming how they show up in your classroom through specific teaching strategies, giving an example of you teaching with that strategy, and then describing how those strategies were effective for student learning. Does that help a little? I, I feel I feel a relinquishing of the stress from the listener, yes, with my, with my little eye in the middle of my forehead, absolutely. Okay, I guess I will relinquish the boogeyman label now that we've had so many step-by-steps. And listeners, this is a lot to take in. When I was writing my teaching statement, 
it was a lot of revision. It's its own genre. A lot, a lot of the documents in the job market portfolio are their own genre of writing. So even if the step-by-step is like, I mean, in theory, I get it. Embrace that this is going to be something that you're going to have to practice over and over again and write and rewrite and ask an advisor or a, a boss if they're sort of a mentor to you to, to read this and give you some feedback and that's okay. But do return here if these are helpful and just listen again and again to these, here's how you might do this, here's what this step entails until you get it. But I'm not asking these questions of Sarah so that by the end of this, you'll get it fully. I'm more asking so that as you come back and listen again, hopefully some of these things begin to make even more sense to you than they might on the first listen. Okay, so free yourself of mastering the teaching statement in 20 minutes or less. All right, that's not the mission. We have done, though, so much to produce all of that narrative. It's full of examples. It's lush. It's beautiful. It's maybe a little funny. It's reflective. It's just sitting there. How do you land the plane? Great question. So just like you started with an introduction, you're going to end your teaching statement with a short conclusion. And it can be short. This is where you can kind of look forward to how you'll use your strategies or principles in the future. Or you can also state some of your commitments to improving. So you might say something like, as I continue to teach, I will remain motivated by these principles. Or you could say, I've been committed to improving my teaching through engaging with my current institution's center for teaching, and I would do the same at insert name of institution to which you're applying to here. And that's it. You've drafted a teaching statement. Like you were just saying, Britt, Mm -hmm. like all writing, it's a good idea to spend a lot of time revising and polishing it, showing it to people like those mentors, like your advisor, like folks in the writing center. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really a document you come back to and revise. Absolutely. And... We have a draft. Applause, applause, applause. <sighs> Woo! I do have a question. Sarah, earlier you said that the best statements are specific to the writer. Do you think strong statements are also specific to the school where said writer is applying? Absolutely, I do. Your teaching statement helps to show that you could teach at that school to which you're applying. This means that when you're on the job market, you might need to have multiple versions of your teaching statement. So, for example, if you're applying to a job at a small liberal arts college that prides itself on small class sizes, your teaching statement should really speak to your ability to teach well in that context. Mm -hmm. Or if you're applying to a job where you'll be teaching like a ton of large lecture courses, Mm -hmm. your teaching statement should kind of address how you could teach in that context. Or if you're applying to a job where you'll primarily teach online, highlighting your online teaching experience is gonna be crucial. And in making these statements specific, it also means that you have to know your audience. 
Mm-hmm. So some schools and departments really pride themselves on having very explicit commitments to things like experiential learning, anti-racist pedagogy, inclusive teaching, great books methodologies, or any number of things. And other schools or departments might not have those same commitments, or they might have very different ones and may have very different questions and contexts that impact the teaching that happened there. Mm -hmm. So I highly suggest that people do a quick kind of internet search, look over the school's website, the department website, and kind of any recent news stories about the school to get a sense of what kind of conversations around teaching are happening on campus. And this is really important background that can help you make that teaching statement specific so that you stand out. Okay, a little internet stalking. There you go. Encouraged. So, but writers, I will say, as someone who had this advice given to them by advisors, I do not think that this means you need to drive yourself up the wall and create five teaching statements for every type of school out there, right? Like that isn't useful for a couple of reasons. Um, One, if you don't, know the specific school that you're applying to, then you can't really do that internet stalking that Sarah was advising. So you just have this sort of like template for a big school or a small school. Like it it just becomes a little bit not super useful. Um, But if you know you want to teach at a small school, have your statement that highlights that. If you feel like you'll be applying to large institutions, R1s as well, then yes, it's safe to have a version that centers those experiences of you teaching like larger lectures and and those sorts of things. So you're not on the spot when you find a school that you want to apply to. But other than that, I would say tweak on a very as needed basis to conserve your energy and your sanity. What do you think about that, Sarah? Oh, that's a hundred percent right. Boom. So I cannot believe this. What time is it already? We're coming to the end of the road, but, and I really wanted to sing. (laughs) Although we've come to the end of the road. Listeners, if you're new here, I sing sporadically on occasion. Welcome in. So before we part ways, Sarah, are there any common pitfalls you could rattle off for our listeners? A few easy to do's, but not to do's. Some of them, I think we've already like gestured to, but for the sake of clarity and fair warning, easy to do's, but not to do's. Yes. Great question. So some don't do's. Don't restate your CV by presenting a laundry list of your teaching experiences. So don't be like, in fall 2021, I was a TA. In spring Mm -hmm. of 2022, I taught this course. Mm -hmm. So they can see that on your CV. Mm -hmm. Second, don't focus only on what you do as a teacher and forget about your students. Your students are Mm -hmm. also important people in the room. (laughs) Um, So it's not just about this is what I do as a teacher, but it's about this is what I do and the effect that it has on students. Mm -hmm. Another thing, don't list course titles and numbers in your teaching statement. They can see those on your CV and it won't and they won't make sense to people outside of your current institution. Instead of being like, I taught anthro number, um, give a brief description, like I taught a course for juniors and seniors in the major, or an introductory course for students of all disciplinary backgrounds, 
That'll help people get more of a sense. Not that you taught English 285? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean anything <laughs> to folks not at Brown. <laughs> Got it. And then finally, the last one is don't be too vague. Again, make sure you're including those specific examples so people can really see kind of your teaching. And that's it. I know writing a teaching statement can seem really daunting, but I find that it's really achievable for folks as long as you break it down into steps. You all can do it. Amazing. Thank you so much for this topic and this conversation, Sarah, for bringing your expertise to this platform. You have brought a lot of clarity to a pretty cloudy topic. Writers, if you have any questions, feel free to DM the Instagram, which is simply College Writing Actually. If you found this conversation helpful, please like, favorite, and follow the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you would like to support the work of this podcast this season, we have started rolling out monthly subscriptions, which is just for the low, low price of starting at $3. But if you want to give more, you give more. Uh, the link is in the description box. And that's just to support the work of extending these quality writing resources for free to people who may not have a poor view center for teaching and learning or a shared incentive for teaching and learning on their campus. But we want to continue to make these things accessible. So if you want to continue, if you want to begin supporting that mission, $3 is the minimum for the monthly subscription. You can do more. You can do a one-time payment. You can cancel it anytime with no penalties. Do what's in your heart. All right, y'all, we out of here. Right on. 